Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the folks at the job hunting site Indeed are out with their first ever list of the top companies for work well-being. What do the best workplaces have in common that make people want to work for them? Also this morning, the weather this week in Northwest Ohio has left no doubt as to what season we're in. Damp, gloomy days are a surefire precursor to the kids catching a cold or the flu. It's week number seven of the high school football season. Coach's Corner host John Marshall previews all of the area action. And we'll get another collection of fun family recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, September 29th, 2023. So this is the time of year when we get all of we begin to get all of the year end lists. Uh, you get into the last quarter of the year, and everybody uh, starts in with their year in review lists. And we have the uh, the first one. It's not necessarily a year end list per se, but uh, every year, right about this time. The folks at Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people, announced their list of new words that are being added to the dictionary, officially becoming part of the English language. And the class of 2023 includes 690 new words and definitions this year, which is nearly twice what was added last year, nearly double the amount. So a lot of new words this year, heavy lean on social media. Uh, terms that are common on social media, like grammable, which is a uh, photo or or something that is Instagram worthy. It is grammable. Uh, thirst trap is a sexy photo from someone who wants attention, who wants likes on social media. So thirst trap. I don't, I haven't heard that before, but I guess that's why they put these in the dictionary so that people like me who are not as hip as these youngsters are, these millennials are, know what they're talking about. Uh, other entries include Chef's Kiss, which you may have seen this GIF um, on online. It's the Chef's Kiss uh, that you post when something is perfect, either actually perfect or sarcastically perfect. You give that Chef's Kiss. Uh, goated meaning someone or something that has been elevated to the greatest of all time. So, if you have been goated, then you have been named the greatest of all time. Other new words in the dictionary, and like I said, there's 690, so I don't have the whole list here, but some of the other selections include riz, which is something defined as having romantic appeal or or charm. Uh, Doggo, which is just another term for a dog oh look at my cute doggo um it's kind of like a kiddo for a kid so a doggo for a dog uh other new additions to the miriam webster dictionary smishing smash burger beast mode and bracketology some of the new uh words in the dictionary this year so that list is out Um, Oh, and here's another list, talking about uh, year-end lists. The folks at Cintas, um, the corporate supplies company, Cintas, uh, annually ranks the top public restrooms in the nation. (laughs) Uh, They have a... uh, I I don't know the criteria. I don't know how they... uh, Apparently, uh, places submit their restrooms for consideration to this. And this year, the top public restrooms in the nation are located uh, at Baltimore Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport, BWI. So the next time you travel, if you fly through BWI, Baltimore Washington International, uh, you can enjoy the top public restrooms in the country. The newly constructed washrooms are described as bright and airy and the embodiment of clean with natural light and room for luggage, which is important if you've got an airport restroom, I guess. Um, There were nine other finalists in the voting 
And uh, as the top restrooms in America, they will get $2,500 worth of Cintas cleaning products to make sure they stay clean and bright and airy and all of that. So top public bathrooms in the nation. (laughs) It's very important stuff. We want to make sure that we uh, give you all of the important information to uh, start your day. By the way, speaking of uh, public restrooms, have you ever been out uh, someplace in public and, you know, nature calls But you're someplace where you're not. I mean, generally, public restrooms, by and large, are a bit sketchy. The ones at BWI notwithstanding, public restrooms can be a little sketchy sometimes. Wouldn't you much rather have a nice private bathroom to do your business? Well, there's an app for that. Believe it or not, there is now an app for that. It is called Rest Space. And it is designed to help you find a private bathroom to rent. It's kind of like Airbnb for a potty. (laughs) Uh, Prices start, I'm not kidding, this is real. Uh, Prices start at $15 for 15 minutes, which seems fair. I mean, if I really have to go and I know what public restrooms can be like, I think I'd pay $15 for 15 minutes of privacy. Um, Now, so far, they did a trial run in San Diego during the recent Comic-Con, and about 400 people downloaded the app. They said it was highly successful, this test run, so they are looking to expand as, you know, as they grow and, and so on. They say the... Uh, The creators say the app was born out of necessity during COVID when most public restrooms were closed. Um, So rest space. And by the way, that's not the only one. There are other apps, similar apps that provide basically the same service. Uh, There is a toilet finder, flush finder, and loo finder in the UK. So this is going global. (laughs) An idea whose time has come, I guess. Um, speaking of travel, uh, this I thought was uh, kind of, uh, interesting. A new survey from the travel website Expedia has found that air travel is more stressful coming out of vacation season here. And, um, did you take a vacation? Did you fly at some point uh, this summer? How stressful was it? According to Expedia, air travel is more stressful for many Americans than filing taxes or going to the dentist. (laughs) Many Americans would rather go to the dentist than go to the airport. Um, A survey of 1,000 U.S. air travelers during the month of August found that 55% of those in the survey cited air travel as the leading cause of stress. Americans viewed air travel as more daunting than filing taxes or visiting the dentist, according to the poll. I don't know if I would go that far. I, yeah, you know, flying can be stressful. I get it, but I don't know if I would go that far. Weekend is coming up. What are your plans for the weekend? Maybe you kick off the weekend by going out and having a few drinks with some some friends. Maybe meet up with uh, some acquaintances and have a couple of drinks. Maybe relax with a bottle of wine a billionaire in taiwan is auctioning off what is being called the most valuable wine collection ever sold 50 million dollars in rare burgundies bordeaux champagnes and more 50 million dollars worth of why he's auctioning off his entire wine cellar pierre chen is his name billionaire from taiwan He's a billionaire. He can afford to auction off $50 million in in wine, uh, fine wine, so he'll just go out and buy more. 25,000 bottles in all will be auctioned off in five sales over the course of the coming year by Sotheby's, with each collection focusing on a different region of the world. Uh, The most expensive single bottle is a 1982 Chateau Petru, do I have that right? I have no idea. I'm not a wine person. So, uh, this single bottle is expected to bring in as much as $65,000 by itself. Pierre Chen, by the way, is an electronics manufacturing magnet who also owns a pretty extensive art collection 
with uh, Picassos and, and more. And uh, he says he now has more wine in his cellar than any one individual could ever hope to drink in a lifetime. And he says wine is for drinking. And so he is auctioning it off. So <laughs> he's $50 million worth. He's just auctioning off his extra wine. You know, the uh, wine that he can... Must be nice to be able to auction off $50 million in extra wines. And uh, finally, this morning, among the first things you need to know to get your Friday morning started, and I love this. I may actually do this. I may put this in my will. A woman in Oklahoma City has had her last wish fulfilled. Diane Sweeney passed away. She put into her will that her 2016 Volkswagen Beetle, her beloved uh, car, should be given away to someone at her funeral. (laughs) I love that. She's giving away a prize at her funeral. It's a new car! Uh, (laughs) Had a little Oprah thing going on there. You get a car, and you get... Well, she only had one car to give away. But... Because she was giving away her car at her funeral, as you might expect, what resulted was a full house at the funeral, including many people she didn't even know. Uh, The family said that is exactly the way she wanted it. (laughs) It has taken a year. This uh, actually was last year when this happened, when she passed away. After a year, it took that long to get through all of the paperwork and make the giveaway happen Uh, The family recently held a raffle to see who got the car, and the winner was a 16-year-old by the name of Gabriella Bonham uh, from El Reno, suburb of Oklahoma City. She was one of the guests that had absolutely no connection to the family. She said she only attended the funeral for a chance at the vehicle. (laughs) And it worked. I love it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to put that in my... In my will, <laughs> give away my, my car to someone, some random person uh, at the funeral. That's awesome. There you go. Uh, so, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly to mostly cloudy today with a high around 70. Partly cloudy tonight, a low around 60. A drug task force arrested a woman during a narcotics buy-bust operation in Finley. Authorities say the arrest of the 30-year-old from Toledo stemmed from an ongoing investigation into a subject bringing down large amounts of methamphetamine from Toledo. Authorities say the woman transported meth three times during the drug investigation. She was booked to the Hancock County Jail on a charge of drug trafficking. Get more on the investigation in the story on our website. The state Supreme Court of Ohio heard arguments on a case that could allow the law banning abortion from the time a heartbeat is detected to take effect after all. There are two areas of focus with this case that's now pending. One, whether the injunction that's blocking the Heartbeat Act from taking effect should be allowed to stand. And two, whether medical providers can bring a case on behalf of a patient. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost appealed the lower court's order blocking the six-week ban. It had been in effect following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The state argued the injunction should not stand and challenged the third party. ONN's Lindsay Mills reporting. A ribbon-cutting ceremony was held at Finley's Riverside Park to dedicate the new Heritage Trail Veteran Story Walk. Ed Newton is Resiliency Operations Manager for the Hancock County Veterans Service Office. Our thoughts, you know, are let's, you know, let's put a, a veteran story in there. So as veterans come out and hike or the community comes out and hikes, they can learn a little bit about the veterans from the county and how Hancock County has contributed. As Ed mentioned, each storyboard will highlight a local veteran's contributions to that war. The Story Walk currently has four storyboards set up and begins at Liberty Landing and ends at Riverbend Recreation Area. Get more details about it and see video in the story on our website. The Wings and Wheels Car Show and the Ford Tri-Motor Fly-In will be taking place at the Finley Airport on Saturday. The event will feature rides on the iconic Ford Tri-Motor as well as a craft fair, food trucks, a kid's zone, and the main attraction, the Car Show. Get more details on the event in the story on our website. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
Well, the post-COVID-19 pandemic environment has completely changed, completely upended the world of work, where today's job seekers are prioritizing more than just salaries and job titles, but also prioritizing their work well-being more than ever before, with almost half of people reporting their work well-being expectations were higher than a year ago. Job seekers want to work at companies where they know that their well-being is a priority. With that in mind, Indeed, the online platform connecting job seekers and employers, is out with their first ever Better Work Awards, honoring the top 20 companies for work well-being in the U.S. And joining us is work well-being advisor Kyle M.K. So, Kyle, first of all, uh, explain how you begin to measure this. I mean, what criteria, what metrics are you using to create this list? What makes for a top company for work well-being? Yeah, well, thanks, Chris. Uh, work well-being is a very holistic view around someone's employment experience. So we're looking at 15 different categories that define work well-being. And these things include uh, such things as uh, fair compensation or flexibility, um, maybe even uh, manager support and, uh, of course, uh, the uh, feeling of belonging. And uh, this is very important nowadays, as you mentioned, because uh, we spend half of our waking lives at work and uh, COVID has really opened our eyes up into uh, what types of value are we getting back from companies that we're putting so much value in. So some of those criteria, the things that are, are probably not surprising, are there, are there others that, things when you dig down deeper, when you uh, kind of scratch beyond the surface uh, that, that really make one company stand out from another when it comes to work well-being? Yeah, the, the companies that we highlighted with the Better Work Awards, so it's 20 companies that have all been um, highlighted because their own employees uh, told us that they do a good job. Mm. And uh, what what they say is that these companies have uh, either given their employees really great career growth opportunities um, or uh, more flexibility in either how they do work or where they do work or even when they do work. And uh, as I mentioned before, Matt, maybe the most important thing is that these companies provide a culture of belonging, meaning that yeah. people can just bring their authentic self to work um, they don't necessarily have to put on a work persona. So, uh, with all of that being said, what are and I we I don't know that we can get through all twenty uh, of the uh, top twenty companies, but maybe what are the the top three the the best companies for work well being? Yeah, what we found is that uh, the top company is Love's Travel Stop and Country Store, which is a, a hmm. truck stop. Okay, um, many uh, highways around the country. Um, coming in at number two, we have H&R Block, and then number three uh, is Delta Airlines. Wow. Uh, so an, an interesting cross-section. Clearly, uh, there's no industry that has cornered the market on this just from the top three. No, not at all. We, we see 10 different industries with just in this top 20 uh, list alone. And, um, and, and it's quite amazing because it doesn't matter how big the the company is, um, each of them are, are taking their own measures to improve the experience of their employees. Um, you know, we talked about some of the things that these companies all have in common. Uh, again, the uh, criteria that you use and the uh, the themes and the, the things that you hear from their workers uh, across the board. Are there also ways in which uh, these companies maybe are approaching uh, each uh, these things a little bit differently. I mean, it's not, there's no one size fits all, right? No, not at all. But the 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 main thing that we see is that these companies um, make it a priority. They intentionally think about uh, how any of their business decisions affect the employment experience. And, yeah. and so, what they do is they ask their employees questions, and then they listen to the answers, and they take actions based off of what they find. And I think that's key because I guess what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, what can other employers take away from this list? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking for those who are 
employees or maybe job seekers are looking at the at this list and say, oh, I should find out if any of these companies are hiring and maybe, you know, see if I can get in at one of these companies. But I think there's there's something for uh, employers to take away here as well in terms of, you know, uh, learning from the examples that these companies set. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, indeed, Better Work Awards want to help employers understand how work well-being can improve everything within a business. So we're talking about um, employee attraction, employee retention. Um, even so, uh, we can now confidently say that uh, work well-being um, very much uh, creates a better bottom line for the businesses. Uh, we did a study that, that shows that companies with higher well-being scores are predictive of their performance over the course of the next year. So it, it affects their bottom line, which I would assume is pretty important to them. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's what I was going to say. That may be one thing that we want to underscore here above all else for employers who may not necessarily be convinced that this is a smart business strategy. That's why it is, because you see in, 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 uh, an increase in the bottom line. Yeah, once you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your business. It's that easy. Again, Kyle MK is Work Wellbeing Advisor for Indeed, out with their top 20 companies for work well-being in the U.S., and talking a little bit about why this is so important, both for employees and for employers. Kyle, where do we get more information and uh, find out who all is uh, on the list beyond the top three that we mentioned? Yeah, anyone that wants to learn more about work well-being and what goes into it and and learn more about these companies that we've highlighted, they can go to Indeed.com or they can search for Better Work Awards. Kyle, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Well, it is a concern every year as the kids go back to school, we get into the colder months, we can expect that children will catch a bug and bring it home. And we have already established that experts believe that this will be a challenging cold and flu season. So, with all this in mind, joining us this morning is Dr. Sandy Chung. She is president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And it's kind of the package deal when you have kids. As you well know, they are not always the most hygienic of creatures. So true. (laughs) As a pediatrician and also a mother of four children, I've experienced that firsthand. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, first of all, uh, let's talk about the current guidance, the uh, current flu and COVID vaccine recommendations. Where are we with this? Yes. So, we know that flu is starting in our country. We've already started to see that. And when we look at the Southern Hemisphere and their flu season, which they just are finishing, uh, they had a really rough one. It started earlier and it was more complicated. And so expecting that to potentially happen in our country, it's so important that we get ahead of that by ensuring that our children and all of us get our flu vaccines early. Uh, September and October are the perfect times to get the flu shot and the updated COVID vaccines. That's one of the best ways to prevent us from getting sick. Um, We know that when we look at who gets sick, the sickest, with flu, it tends to be our youngest and our oldest. Same thing with COVID. In fact, if you look at who is in the hospital right now with COVID, um, for the children, we see more than half of them are those under four years of age. And the same thing typically happens with the flu. So getting that flu shot and COVID vaccine, updated COVID vaccine early um, is a, an amazing thing and an amazing way to protect your child and your family. And and by the way, uh, just as a bit of a sidebar on this, I, I want to throw this out. This really should not, with respect to COVID, because I can hear a lot of people say, oh, man, here we go. We're talking about COVID again. But this was always expected. I mean, you remember when all of this started, we said this is probably something we're going to have to deal with every year, like the flu. It's going to come back and there are going to be boosters that are needed and so on and so So this should not be a surprise to anyone. That's right. You know, when we look at viruses in general, what they do is they come back. They mm-hmm. come back every year and they mutate and change sometimes. And that's why we need the updated vaccines, because as the viruses change, it's important that our immune systems learn what to do. It's very similar to how we update our devices, like our phones and our computers. Yeah. We install updates all the time in order to get ready for the next Whatever, you know, and so the immune, our immune systems are the same way. We need to update them with the latest vaccine. So obviously that's first line of defense, the most important line of defense. What other steps can parents and caregivers take uh, to prevent illness? 
Yeah, washing your hands works really well. I know it sounds super simple, but it really does work. And so washing your hands frequently and often is a great thing to do to prevent yourself from getting sick and teaching your children how to do that so that they don't get sick uh, works incredibly well. Also, if you are sick, uh, making sure that you stay home and that if your child's sick, that you keep your child at home so that we aren't spreading the viruses at school in a daycare. And whenever they are coughing and sneezing, that they're covering their mouths. You know, whether that's with a mask or coughing into their elbows, whatever you can do to limit that spread uh, when you cough and sneeze actually will make a big difference in keeping everyone in the community healthy so that we can all uh, go about our daily lives and go to school and go to preschool and daycare and play and and play sports. All those important things that are uh, necessary for a child to stay healthy and well. Yeah, that is so important. Uh, Again, kids catching the sniffles kind of comes with the territory, so uh, not just talking about ways to prevent uh, an infection or uh, prevent this, but also uh, advice for parents for those times when the kids are uh, under the weather, because it's likely going to happen at some point. So uh, keep those things in mind. And again, just to reiterate, we have to be cognizant and, and on guard for this through the whole cold and flu season. Now through what, March? You don't want to let your guard down. That's right. We want to make sure we stay as healthy as we can. Um, getting vaccinated is one of the greatest ways to do that. Um, and then when you are sick, doing taking precautions so that uh, we aren't spreading the virus and that we're keeping people healthy is really important. Um, there is more information for parents if they're interested on our website, www.healthychildren.org. So healthychildren.org is a great place for parents to look for more information. And then if they don't find the information there that they're looking for, call your child's doctor. Uh, your child's doctor is a great source of information and can help you make the right decisions along with you for your child. Again, Dr. Sandy Chung is president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm John Marshall with this high school football preview. The marquee game on the Blanchard Valley Conference slate this week is Arlington at Macomb. It features the top defense in the league in Arlington facing off with the number one offense, a Macomb squad that averages 400 yards and 49 points a game. Macomb coach Chris Algie. They run the beer option really well. 21 cavities. He's a really tough back for being a sophomore. I mean, he runs hard, he's fast, he's big, and Russell's been there for yeah, this is his fourth year, it seems like, at running back. And, you know, the Haycock kid does an outstanding job running the option. He runs the ball. He pitches the ball. He can throw it. They're just tough to defend because they, they do their job. They carry out fakes. You know, you don't know who has the ball. And defensively, they're good. They're solid. They're the one, number one defense in the league right now. They tackle well. They get to the ball. They're physical. You can hear the game tonight on 100.5 WKXA and WKXA.com with pregame starting at 635. Other BBC games include Riverdale at Liberty Benton, Van Buren on the road at Pandora Gilboa, and Arcadia in Wood County to meet Elmwood. In non-conference action, it's independent Van Lu visiting Montpelier. Finley aims to continue its winning streak when the Trojans host Anthony Wayne. Last year's non-conference game was a close one with the Generals on the winning side, 9-6. The two teams face off for the first time in the Buckeye division of the Northern Lakes League. Finley coach Stefan Adams. Their standard and the way they play is tough. Um, they're very disciplined. They don't really give you much. They make you earn everything. Um, and they don't do anything to beat themselves. So uh, it's going to be very, very important that we go out and get to a, off to a fast start. And then we're matching that intensity and that discipline and that, uh, you know, that fierce competitive nature out there uh, for four quarters and some if we need it. What a great atmosphere last year it was playing against them and I think there's just a magnitude when it comes to you know us playing each other and so I'm sure we expect a big crowd on Friday night. Coverage begins at 6.30 with the Trojan pregame show on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. Other NLL games, Pitt Ross against Clay, AP Division I 8th ranked Perrysburg at Whitmer, BG in Sylvania to meet Southview, Springfield at Northview, and a non-league meeting of Bowser at Napoleon. Ottawa Glendorf continues to seek win number one of the season when they visit Van Wert in a Western Buckeye League matchup. Broadcast time is at 6.30 on 106.3 The Fox and 106.3thefox.com. Elsewhere in the WBL, it's Salina at Bath, Kenton visiting Wapak, Shawnee travels to St. Mary's, and Defiance is on the road at Elida. In the Northern 10, Mohawk goes to Cary, Bucyrus visits Attica to meet Seneca East, Colonel Crawford is in Upper Sandusky, and Winford hosts Buckeye Central. 
On the Northwest Central Conference slate, Corey Rawson visits Perry. Harden Northern rides the bus to face Ridgemont. North Baltimore takes the trip to Ridgedale. Crestline is at Upper Scioto Valley. And Waynesfield Goshen welcomes Elgin. In the Northwest Conference, Ada is in Delphus to see Jefferson tonight. Crestview goes to Harmon Field to meet 6-0 Bluffton, ranked number 6 in the Division 6 AP poll. Spencerville is in Lafayette against Allen East, and the Columbus Grove Bulldogs cross Putnam County to take on 6-0 Lipsick. Other area games of interest see undefeated and Division 7 number 2 ranked Patrick Henry visit Division 5 number 3 ranked Liberty Center in the NWOAL. Division 7 number 5 Hopewell Loudon plays an SBC game at Willard, and Faustoria is at Eastwood in the Northern Buckeye. On the Blanchard River broadcast stations tonight, it's Arlington at Macomb on WKXA, Anthony Wayne at Findlay on WFIN, and OG at Van Wert on 106.3 The Fox. For Good Mornings, I'm John Marshall, WFIN Sports. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A couple of airline stories actually in the uh, broken news to start things off this morning. Uh, An executive from Qatar Airwaves, uh, Airways, the uh, uh, Qatari national uh, airline, Qatar Airways, a uh, airline executive has, has, uh, has announced that the airline will never again will never again perform gynecological exams on its passengers. <laughs> what, what? I'm sorry, what was that again? Uh, they, they vow they will never again perform gynecological exams on their passengers. This comes after a bizarre incident where 13 women were reportedly subjected to just such an examination. Uh, <laughs> The incident has resulted in the airlines being denied additional flights to Australia, which is where all of this happened. Matt Ross said authorities were looking for a mother who had just given birth when a baby was found abandoned at Hamad International Airport. So that's what the airline claims they were looking for. (laughs) They're performing gynecological exams on batches. Um, the, uh, executive says we've never had anything like this happen previously in our history. And we were completely committed to ensuring that nothing like this ever happens again. Five women, uh, connected to the incident are now suing the airline. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Gynecological exams. That's, uh, <clears throat> that's pretty extreme right there. That's, <laughs> I know they're, they're claiming extenuating circumstances, but still that seems <laughs> a bit excessive. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, a British Airways pilot has been fired after allegedly bragging about snorting cocaine off of a woman's breasts just hours before he was scheduled to fly. Yeah, that'll that'll get you fired. <laughs> bragging about a cocaine-fueled party right before your flight if you're a pilot is not a good thing. Um... According to a news report in the British newspaper The Sun, First Officer Mike Beaton was set to co-pilot a plane from Johannesburg to London last month, but got caught after he bragged about his escapades via text message to a flight attendant friend. He referred to himself in said text message as, quote, a very naughty boy. He told the uh, flight attendant that he had partied with a group at a nightclub where he polished off a bottle of vodka and ended up snorting snorting coke off of a girl's, you know, breasts. (laughs) Uh, The flight attendant, unsurprisingly, informed her bosses, who then blocked Mr. Beaton from getting on the plane He tested positive for drugs and was subsequently relieved of his duties permanently. (laughs) Probably a good thing, yeah. Man. Uh, Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news uh, out of Westlake, Ohio. A man dressed as Michael Myers, you know, the... uh, the villain in the Halloween movies, 
A man dressed as Michael Myers is in custody following an incident in Westlake in which police say Christopher Carey, alongside his young grandson, approached a woman as she was getting into her car at a shopping plaza on Center Ridge Road in King James Parkway. Mr. Carey allegedly was wielding a plastic knife. Of course, the woman wouldn't have known it was plastic at the time. Uh, began yelling at the woman through her car window. He claimed it was all a Halloween prank. It is that time of year. Police were not amused. They arrested Mr. Carey and charged him with aggravated menacing. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Not a good idea. Um, speaking of uh, police incidents, um, a police chase caught on camera as apartment dwellers complained about a strange intruder, a chicken. This in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where Officer Nathan Swindle arrived on the scene after residents complained about a chicken who refused to leave the apartment. Uh, Tia Delaney said the chicken was on her front porch and refused to leave, so she called the cops. The officer dutifully attempted to pick up the chicken, and if you've ever tried to pick up a chicken, you know that they run. Um, They they have these uh, chicken races at the uh, chicken wrangling contest at, at the county fair, uh, that's kind of what happened. Uh, the officer attempted to pick up the chicken who eluded capture by running under a parked car. Finally, the officer got his hands on the foul suspect. He reported, I was trying to shoo it off a little bit and it took off. So I was like, now I got to catch it. So I immediately started running. Um, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Swindle finally... Uh, Officer Swinder finally uh, captured the chicken, but his fellow officers earned a new nickname. His fellow officers now call him Rooster. (laughs) Uh, Oh, goodness. This is a little weird. Dateline Myrtle Beach, where a routine car repair took an unexpected twist when mechanics discovered an unusual stowaway under the hood of a 2015 Ford Focus, an eight-foot albino boa constrictor. Yeah, uh, that would uh, that would probably make your car uh, run a little rough. Had <laughs> a boa constrictor in your engine. Now I know why this person took their car in for repair. Tony Galley, one of the astonished mechanics... Uh, recounted his initial confusion mistaking the serpent for an oil sock before realizing it was very much alive. He said, I have found many, many things underneath the hoods of cars, possums, squirrels, rats, and several snakes, but never an eight-foot albina boa constrictor. That's a new one. According to uh, news reports, Uh, He actually had to remove some of the parts of the engine to extricate the muscular snake, noting that it could have wedged itself in the engine for an extended period if it wanted to. The mystery of how the snake ended up in the car's engine remains unsolved. Wow. Do you like that? You think uh, being an auto mechanic could be a fairly easy job you wouldn't have a whole lot of (laughs) snake encounters it's not what i signed up for and speaking of automobiles philadelphia's newest car dealership city motors got a rude awakening when thieves pulled off a heist that would even make hollywood script writers raise their eyebrows less than a week after its grand opening The dealership lost seven out of its 11 cars to a daring overnight robbery. Seven cars were stolen off the lot. And of course, because the business has only been open a week, they hadn't yet installed security cameras. So no footage to capture the audacious heist and their insurance coverage had not kicked in for the vehicles yet. Co-owner Nathan Krieger uh, tells... Uh, local news reporters, if we don't recover the cars, we probably will not surprise, uh, survive. City Motors, the location where City Motors is, has had a number of different owners in recent years. 
Mr. Krieger's venture being the latest victim in a neighborhood that experienced a wave of looting on the same night as the car thefts. Seven cars in one night. Wow. There you go. That is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. (sighs) Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, This is kind of interesting. A a new survey finds that hourly workers... at your job, do you work uh, on on an, a salary or uh, are you an hourly worker? Um, whichever one you are may have a significant impact on how comfortable you feel about your prospects for retirement. Uh, the survey finds that hourly workers are much less confident in their ability to retire compared to salaried employees. May not necessarily be a huge surprise. This uh, survey of 2,000 workers... 33% of those who are an, uh, are on an hourly wage say that they are winging it when it comes to their golden years. They're just winging it. One third. American workers are also not saving enough for retirement. And I thought this was a really interesting data point. The average employee has $128,815 saved, but anticipates needing to withdraw $184,850 annually. Annually. That seems very high uh, in retirement to have to pull out nearly $200,000 a year. But that's what they say. 66% of men, two-thirds of men, believe that they will be able to retire comfortably, while only 51% of women have the same confidence. Uh, respondents say they have chosen saving for retirement over home improvements, vacations, and even weddings. They're getting very uh, anxious about this. Now, I don't know the ages of the people in the survey, which uh, I think would be uh, very critical to know. Uh, I would imagine younger workers a little less concerned about this than older workers. Uh, That would make sense, but the report... On the survey, the survey may have broken this down, but the report on the survey doesn't delineate between the ages uh, of these workers. But it is kind of interesting that hourly workers much less confident in their ability to retire as compared to their salaried counterparts. Once again, as is tradition, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio. It is time for another collection of fun family recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, We've got uh, kind of a ongoing series yes. that you yes. have decided to put together here yes. uh, over the next several weeks. I don't know how many you're yeah, planning, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see, see how this goes. Um, <laughs> basically, it's an around the world yes. tour. Yes. Culin- and an around the world culinary tour. Yes, there we go. Uh, from Kyra's Kitchen. Fancy, fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but again, uh, in keeping with the tradition of the recipes from Kyra's Kitchen, all of these are uh, are easy. easy. I know sometimes the yeah. international dishes, uh, people think, oh, that's going to be complicated. Yeah. It's going to be no. difficult. Uh, and so the idea Maybe is to keep American this simple. American international? <laughs> yeah, Americanized international yeah, there dishes. There we go. There yeah. we go. <laughs> uh, so the first of our around the world tour, we head south to uh, south of the border to yep. uh, with some uh, Mexican uh, recipes. Yes. So oh, we've got crockpot tamale bake mexican potatoes and frito bars mm. yeah all right so little mexican vibe going on here yeah. uh with the uh, recipes so let's start with those 
uh, with that crockpot tamale bake. Yes. So one pound ground beef, uh, half a cup of onion diced, one tablespoon of minced garlic, three fourths cup car- cornmeal, one egg, one and a half cups of milk, fifteen point two five ounce can of corn drained, one cup of marinara sauce, one point two five ounce packet of tomato seasoning, quarter cup of black olives sliced, and one cup of cheddar cheese shredded. So in a large skillet, brown and crumble your ground beef with your diced onion and garlic until the uh, meat is no longer pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, drain your ground beef to get all the remaining um, fat off. Uh, in a large mixing bowl, combine your cornmeal, your egg, and your milk and mix until smooth. Add your corn, your actual corn, your taco seasoning, your olives, and your ground beef and mix that well. Spray your crock pot with some cooking spray and pour in Pour the cornmeal mixture into the crock pot. Cover and cook on high for three hours or low for six hours. Sprinkle with cheese. Uh, cover again and cook for just about 15 minutes until the cheese is melted and enjoy. Now, we had this the other night and right. it was uh, kind of crumbly. Yes. And so yeah. what... Uh, I My feeling is, so I mixed mine up the night before and mm-hmm. then I put it in before I went to work. Okay. I kept it on low, but of course I worked... Eight hours. Yeah. So, so it rather was than a little. Six hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe a little. It might have been. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. When I got home, I turned it down to keep warm to keep it. You know. Yeah. Just until keep it we warm. Were, right. Yeah. Uh, until we um, ate, but yeah, so definitely yeah. that five and a half to six hours, or two and a half to three hours. Okay, you may so. be able to go like two hours and just do it right when you get home from work. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. could do that. So, okay. So the uh, crock pot tamale bake, but uh, the point there being yes. watch the watch. cooking time. Yes, watch that's your the, cooking time. That's the most thing. definitely. Not that it was bad. It no, was just crumbly. It was good. And I even had some the next day, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was really good the next day because all those you know all oh, those things yeah. yeah meshed together. And yeah. by the way, the other thing um, I know the recipe calls for a quarter cup of black olives. You didn't yeah. use that. much. I didn't many. use that much. I'm not a big olive no. fan. So it, yeah, and if you're not yeah uh you can just delete Take that them out. In, entirely yeah. and it's yeah. not gonna no it's not you know. gonna ruin the taste exactly. and i so. just put some on top of mine then yeah. on mine so, so with anyway, some sour cream just, it was really because i know <laughs> olives are one of those love yeah. it or hate it kind of Correct. things for a lot of yes. a lot of folks um yes. so with the crock pot tamale bake we have uh mexican to, uh potatoes. tomatoes mexican potatoes yes. recipe so four cups of cubed potatoes two tablespoons of olive oil one teaspoon of salt, uh, half a teaspoon of garlic powder, half a teaspoon of onion powder, one teaspoon cumin, cumin, one teaspoon oregano, uh, one teaspoon paprika, quarter teaspoon cayenne pepper, and mm. your oil for frying. little cayenne pepper yes. in there. So add potatoes to a, to a boil uh, with your olive oil and stir to coat. Um, Add your potatoes to a bowl with olive oil and start to coat. There easy we go. for you to say. Yes, easy for you. Combine <laughs> all the seasoning, sprinkle over the potatoes, and stir to coat the potatoes evenly. Add some oil to a large skillet. Heat over medium-high heat for a few minutes. Uh, add the potatoes and allow them to brown before stirring. So just pour them in there, make them even, mm-hmm. and for about five minutes, just let them sit there, let them brown. Uh, cooking, uh, continue cooking and stirring occasionally until the potatoes are done. So you want to keep flipping those potatoes, mixing, you know, so they all get browned mm-hmm. on all sides. Right. Um, and then if you want to, you can continue to cook if you want yours a little bit darker and crispier. That's me. Um, when the potatoes are done, remove Remove from the skillet and drain them onto a paper towel or a wire rack for a few minutes and then serve. Mm-hmm. Potatoes with a little bit of a kick yes. there to you, yes. to them with the uh, cayenne pepper. And then uh, for dessert, Frito bars. Yes. So this is two 9.5 ounce bags of your Frito corn chips divided. Um, and you really want to use the chips. Don't use the scoops for this one. Okay. Um, use your, your thinner, the thinner Frito chips. And the regular chips. Yes, regular. They've got all yeah. kinds of different oh, yeah. flavors, regular. but the yeah. regular chips. Yeah, regular. Because you're going to flavor them up. Yes, correct. Yeah. So two cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips divided, one and a half cups of granulated sugar, one and a quarter cups of light corn syrup, and one and a half cups of creamy peanut butter. So generously grease a nine by 13 inch dish with butter 
evenly spread one package of Fritos on the bottom of the dish and sprinkle one cup of semi-sweet chocolate chips over your Fritos. Then in a saucepan, add sugar, corn syrup, bring to a boil, cook for one minute, then remove from the heat and stir in your peanut butter. Drizzle half of the sugar mixture over your Frito layer. Spread the second package of Fritos over the sugar layer (laughs) and then sprinkle with your remaining chocolate chips over that. Then drizzle the remaining sugar mixture over that. Then refrigerate until firm and set. Cut into bars and serve. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Lots of yummy, yummy going on there. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So the Crock-Pot Tamale Bake, the Mexican Potatoes, and the Frito Bars recipes are all posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook, and we have that linked up at goodmornings.net as well. Again, the first of our Around the World collection of recipes. I think next week's going to be Italy. Italy. Okay, so some uh, Italian dishes uh, next week. Okay, so we look forward to that. And if you have something that you would like uh, to uh, see, um, maybe you have a favorite international dish, you can share that with us. You can either share it right on the uh, Facebook page or you can email it to us. Good mornings at WFIN.com is the email address. You can uh, shoot that over, and if there's something that you are looking for or would like to uh, see featured on uh, Kyra's Kitchen, uh, by all means, let us know that as well, and might be able to work that in, too. Yes, so, please. Again, my wife Kyra with us this morning. Another collection of fun, family, easy recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And once again, reminder, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Be sure to check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday morning on the program, members of the cast and crew will join us to preview the upcoming Fort Findlay Playhouse production of the comedy farce Out of Order. Until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.